Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is Dan. Before we get to the podcast, got to tell you about FanDuel. The NFL season isn't over yet. If your season-long fantasy football league just isn't cutting it, get your mojo back at FanDuel.com and pick a new team every week. Joey Watson... Jay Watts from New York played fantasy football on FanDuel for less than two weeks last season and won over $30,000. Join him and the hundreds of thousands of other users who have already won money. Go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use our code around and sign up now. A new user special. It's ending soon. FanDuel will match your first deposit dollar up to 200 bucks. That's $200 free. Offer is only good for the first 50 people that use our code around. Don't forget to use our code. What is it, Mark? Around. FanDuel.com, where every week is a new season. That's FanDuel.com. Sign up today. The Around the NFL podcast will apply for the Jets GM job. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hanses, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. All back together. Now it really feels like, I don't know. I was going to say it's 2015, but it's not yet. Yeah, we're not quite there. We're two <laughs> days away. Uh, we're going to do you know a couple shows leading up to the playoffs, and then a big Sunday playoff spectacular show recapping all the games. And, and, yes, we will be talking about the Jets. I would love to run the Jets. I feel like that's that would be maybe a life's dream that would surely turn into a nightmare. Well, I think three months in, you'd find out that you have the entire state of New York calling for your head because when it comes to picking players and running – Right. You know, a salary cap, you have no experience. There's well, very little reason to think Dan would be capable of running an NFL team. Listen, I bet he would make quicker decisions than John. I would <laughs> act in a rash manner. I would spend a lot of money. I am, a, as I've said before, on once a New York State mandated test in high school, I got a 40 out of 100 uh, when I was 16. So I am the opposite of John Idzik. But isn't that a good thing? Yes. You would, you would probably give Rex Ryan a lot of money, keep him around. Mm, maybe. If we went out for beers, he'd probably talk me into it for sure. Mark, you're wearing Let's a new go shirt. Snack. <laughs> Mark, new shirt. It's yeah, it beautiful. Got some, you got some new shirts for Christmas. I got three, like. and so doubling. Well, it doesn't because I had five. <laughs> of course. In theory, I have eight, but three, at least three of the five that I had, need to be put into the circular file. They need to be put into the trash or turned into I, rags. I, I dubbed this one "Sweet Judy Blue Eyes." <laughs> All right. In the Crosby, Stills, Nash yeah. and Young song. I thought you would like that, Wes. I do. All right, so we got a big show today. This is uh, TD. Uh, th- I call this this is the Newsapalooza show. So much news. I said Newsapalooza, TD. Newsapalooza. Ow! Thoughts? New job. I needed a second to. Have yeah, you guys ever? Did any of you go to Lollapalooza ever in your life? I went to one. I uh, went to I, one during I've never, my. I've never been to a festival days. type thing. Really? I went. I believe whole. Was the headliner that Oof, year, but I really was rough. going to see Pavement was Ooh, involved. That's good. I remember the Boss Stones were there, I Mighty think, Mighty on a Boston's. side stage. 
It's exciting. In finding that guitar <laughs> sound effect drop, I realize there's a lot of YouTube videos on how to spill a guitar. Ah. Greg, do you know how to... Of course you know. he does. What, play guitar? No. Well, no, create the little squeal. This guy was in Delaware. Come on. Well, with the little uh, thing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to play guitar, though. Well, actually... <laughs> My yeah. brother went to college for there's it, so I kind of... I've videos, seen it, but I've, I'm going to say that Greg obviously is a musician. What is it, a whammy bar or something? From, from Delaware, but then... Delaware was really everything that was against that type of showy guitar work right. and the hair metal scene. <laughs> right. He was an answer to that. He was post-punk, underground goth. So that makes he was sense. more he he was like to squeal. the dark poet of yes. a band that maybe didn't even agree with instruments. Yes. So, like I said, today's show is all about Nooza Palooza. Thanks, TD. <laughs> TD was downstairs for like 15 minutes getting this drop. I keep on waiting for him to drop, but he won't do it on time. What is that, Eddie Van Halen or something? It's just some YouTube. It's tutorial. Carl Van Halen, his brother <laughs> that didn't make it. It's hard so, to find. So anyway, uh, uh, TD. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna do a lot of news, a lot of big news, obviously. After just what? FYI, I was a violin type of brother, not a guitar dude. Okay, mm. just letting you know. Okay. Oh. <laughs> That's a you, sentence I've never heard before. I was a violin, violin type, type of brother. brother. <laughs> That's how we sell Street this cred. show. <laughs> uh, we're going to get to all the Black Monday uh, moves and all the other news going on in the league right now. Of course, the playoff matchups. We'll have our proper playoff Saturday-Sunday playoff preview in our second show of the week. This one will be covering a lot of the news, hence news of Palooza. And we'll also do a little what's more likely with a special guest that we'll be calling from the newsroom to come upstairs and join us. Uh, but let's get into the news because there's so much of it. TD, let's do it. You come at the king, you best not miss. Mm. The Wire in HD. If you guys have been on social media all week, you know all about it. And yep. so shout out to Omar. Omar, great character of course. The Wire. Omar, who is essentially, I don't know if Wes and Mark, I know Greg, you know the show. He was I the, know the show. He, he was the Robin Hood of uh, Baltimore. Yep. Uh, and one of the great characters of all time in television. Good job, TD. All right, let's start, gentlemen, with something that just came over uh, Twitter as we were uh, talking at the top of the show. Ndamukong Sue, who had been suspended for stepping on Aaron Rodgers on Monday, stepped on him Sunday, got suspended on Monday. Uh, he appealed it uh, he, to play in the Sunday game against the Cowboys. And now that suspension has been rescinded. And instead, he'll get fined $70,000. So Sue is playing this weekend against the Cowboys. A big, big lift for the Detroit Lions, who uh, for a while there looked like they might be without their best defensive players. Your thought, gentlemen? Well, you had a hot take on this from a league perspective. Oh, I think that they, they sent the message here with it. I think on some level this might have been the plan all along. Let's scare the hell out of them and the Lions and maybe a little shock and awe move. And if it gets overturned by Ted Cottrell, which is what ended up happening here, that's fine. But the NFL shows we mean business, Nadamakan. Come on, nice name anyway, buddy. You can't do this kind of stuff. It's not often that you see this stuff get a appealed like this and overturned. Ed Reed was the last one, also by Cottrell. Ted Cottrell. I can't imagine that the league office is happy that it's overturned. I think they were trying to send a statement, but this is why um, they have the appeals process in, and it's you know, I as a football fan, you better be sure that that was intentional, and it probably was. But I, I want to see him play in the playoff game. The Lions are only in the playoffs twi twice in the last 20 years probably. or whatever. Let's just put them in there. Probably. If I'm Tech Cottrell, yeah, and I'm I watching that, I have, no, I have no confidence that that was intentional. You I, have, how could you know? I mean, the fact that he kind of stayed on it. <laughs> it was so intentional. <laughs> Think about who's doing it, who he did it to, well, the fact that he didn't look back, but that he backed up once and to, backed up again and put all his weight on his compared leg. Compared to Dominic Rayola the week before, Rayola's was obviously intentional. This one, I, by looking at the video, I could not tell that it was intentional. I thought they were the same level personally. Well, let me ask you something real quick. Let's say, you know, we were talking before, let's say that when he did that step, whether it was intentional or not, that he shatters the lower leg of Aaron Rodgers. Then and, this and Rodgers doesn't get overturned. Right? Sorry. Oh, I'll right? Let, no, no. You finish that, your point. No, that's he's my question. That's, it's, so if he it's, steps on the, the, the greatest NFL quarterback in the league right now, he's suspended a year probably and breaks his leg. I mean, So part of it is that no, because Rodgers is okay, on, they're going to be it. flexible with the, with the punishment. That, that I, seems shaky to me too. I hate that, and I do think that happens a lot with these um, fines and suspensions and illegal hits that if the player gets up and he's fine, it doesn't end up being as big a deal. So maybe uh, 
I, th- I think you have a good point there. I also want to see if Sue plays better this week. He has a really tough matchup. If you watch that Packers game, he was on the ground a lot. I mean, he had a really poor... Someone should have stepped on him while he was down <laughs> He had a really tough time. I mean, they were throwing him to the ground. He made a couple nice plays in the running game, but th- I've watched... I've only watched two of the last three weeks that they played, but his game against Minnesota and his game against Green Bay were two of the worst Sioux games I've seen. He was invisible, got really dominated, and now he's going up against an all-pro and Zach Martin and Travis Fedrick and that good Cowboys offensive line. So, Sue, he's got to show that he's that type of player that's one of the best defensive players in the league. Maybe he's not playing well, but still, it's... uh... A oh, huge it's, lift it's huge, that. and he's been great all year. I'm not saying he hasn't had a bad season. It's just a bad ending to the season for him. All right, so Sue playing on Sunday. Big news for the Lions and the Cowboys, and we move on. Let's hit some Black Monday stuff, and we'll start with my beloved Jets, uh, who acted, acted decisively, Woody Johnson did on Monday morning, early Monday morning, uh, firing both Rex Ryan and the Glacier, John Idzik. That era is over. Ryan after six years, Idzik after just two years. And now the search uh, begins to find and locate a new uh, entire structure uh, for this team. And uh, this seems like the right move, right? Because they tried it with Rex. They kept it, kept him and brought in a new GM, and that didn't really work out. So it would have been a bit of a strange move for Woody to keep Rex again and then hire GM, right? When do you think that Idzik will find out that he's fired? <laughs> <laughs> it did. I did, and I don't want to pile on the guy, but I will anyways. I did find it funny when he released the statement like six hours after he was fired. That really did happen. <laughs> I'm not even sure if he knows he's the GM of the Jets yet. The danger here was, I mean, if you look back in time, maybe they wouldn't have gone full on with this, and they would right. have kept Idzik around. Let him pick another coach, and you're back in that cycle. Good on Woody Johnson for. Now, I think sometimes with the Jets, there's a little bit too much of what's happening with the public perception and how do we respond to that. But it was the right move to get Idzik out of there and start over. But the question is, if they're now interviewing and looking to interview coaches and they don't have a GM again, yeah. that confuses me. Like, Dan, does that concern you to go in that order? Uh, yeah, but I guess it, I don't think it's unusual what they're doing right now. This it happens is. a lot. It's, what, it's a little unusual that they're interviewing both at the same time, and they're kind of figuring, well, which one are we going to get first? What are now, they, that's what happened in Seattle. So Pete typically came the, first. it's right. the GM search first? Yeah, the GM should pick the coach in theory. It sounds like Woody has more confidence in Charlie Cashley and Ron Wolf than any next GM that he will have. I See, I think they're playing, I think so far, and the Jets never uh, cease to amaze me with their ability to mess things up. But I think so far, Woody, I think he acted wisely. Cleaning house. I thought he came off pretty well in that press conference, ex- with the exception of sticking his foot in his mouth about Revis, <laughs> uh, saying that, you know, I'd love to have him back. He had to call Robert Kraft. Belichick uh, twisted the knife a little bit, so <laughs> hopefully they won't get hit. He also threw Idzik under the bus. He made it clear oh, that he, totally he wanted did. Revis, Rex wanted Revis, and Idzik did not. Right. Well, well, forget Revis. The point is, how about draft and groom young players? Stop chasing Darrell Revis. Forget about well, that. I mean, ooh. it's like it's it's that's the issue. Well, they drafted players. That, that's the issue with the Jets and a lot of bad teams is though your your draft picks that your high picks are not sticking. They're not turning into the players they should be. If they're interviewing Trent Kirchner the Seahawks pro director of pro personnel. That's a great sign, right? Because they took Idzik out of Seattle when he was a bean counter. They had to fix their salary cap. That's fixed. They have good salary cap situation right yep. now. Now they need to find young players and Kirchner's who finds better late round draft picks than the Seahawks. I just think it'd be weird if they hire and some of the names we're seeing, you know, that they're interviewing as head coaches, you know, some have been around, some have, it's weird if you hire kind of a low level coach or a mid level coach and then you hire the GM. It's just a strange way to do it. Yeah. You know what? You're, you never cease to amaze me, Greg, with your ability to find the thunderclouds over my jets. So oh yeah! Oh, shot. everything's great. Woody Johnson, what a track record of success. I, Has there I'm been a worse owner that. in the last fifteen it's years? It's not hard to. Yes, but we won't get into it. <laughs> I mean, there has been, but they, he's among the worst. It's not hard to look up into the sky and say, "Hey, look, that black cloud's following the Jets." <laughs> well, <laughs> well, wait, we don't know what fair, they're going to do yet. Let's though. wait till they mess yeah, up. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's just wait because if they deserve patient, the Greg, benefit you'll get of what doubt. you want. I'm just saying, so far to me, so so good. But yeah, I will hire Tom Cable. That'll be great. I will. I will. By the way, what's up with that? By the way. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> By the way, just get ready, Greg, because Billy Belichick, he's not getting any younger. Tommy Boy is edging up to 40. Oh, you're going back to the dark ages yourself. I've, told, I've been saying that for years. I'm glad they keep stretching this out and being great. Once Belichick's gone, it's over and whatever. You'll probably I'll move pull on. a Wes. I'll that's pull a Wes. Go agnostic. Look, 
there's a lot of pain that went through that. It's not that easy. Do you have a coach, by the way, that you would you would like to see, especially out of this list that they've seen that they've? I showed? like even though they they failed with going to the Seattle well last time with Idzik. I think if they go back to that well and then make the right decisions this time, it could work. Uh, you know, the Quinn I'm hearing good things about. Uh, the Who's the guy we were just talking about? Kirshner? Don Kirshner? Yeah, that's Trent Kirshner would be the GM guy. But yeah. why – I don't know. To me, why would it make sense to fire Rex Ryan, who can develop better defensive game plans than anyone, and then bring in a defensive head coach? Well, that's you what, already had that. Yeah, and that's time. what Connor Orr tweeted this morning too. Yeah. Is basically, you're not going to go find a better defensive Gary, mind, Gary Kubiak. But we talked about. I, I yeah. could see that. No, no, I'm not joking. And I don't even think it's the worst I ever. But I could see that happening. We had an organic email chain, Connor, Greg, and myself. I don't know why Wes and Mark were left out. That was a management decision by Greg. It was that because was we earlier and and Kevin Patcher as well. Well, we should we should have net because we started the idea yesterday. It was originally just going to be me and Connor, but then Dan waltzed in, and I thought, well, it'd be, it'd be weird for him, <laughs> like him to not bear. be involved. Involved on a Jets debate, but then we got lazy and never really got but it going. The, the point of the matter is, <laughs> still you know, doesn't answer my question. We were <laughs> we were talking about, you know, I think Connor made the point that you're not going to find a coach that's going to be uh, strong in all facets, most likely. But maybe you can find a guy that has a little more balance than Rex did, and away we go. I don't know. We'll see what happens. There's more firings to talk about. Mike Smith in Atlanta. He gone. Uh, he's fired after how long was he there? He was there a long time, wasn't he? Six, six years, I believe. Six years, I think. Six years, uh, of course. He's Seven years? Seven, because he was coach of the year in 2008. He probably doesn't get fired, by the way, if uh, they won against the Panthers on Sunday, but they get wiped out. Well, maybe they I think he might have still been. But he did them a favor. Yeah. They have the eighth pick now. Wow. That is such a big They would have had the 20-something pick. Right, for a team that was going nowhere. So Mike Smith out in the Falcons. Uh, to cite again that email chain we're talking about, that is a nice job to to want to get into because you have a franchise quarterback in his prime right now, and uh, Matt Ryan. To me, it's all about the quarterback and the owner. If you're a head coach, that's what that's what the first two places you want to look. And the Falcons are easily the best job, I think. And I think they've got an embedded GM that he's two-time executive of the year. Fine track record recently, though. We can't just glance over the fact that the Falcons are sort of a disaster in key areas, but they've we got a quarterback. Assume, we have to assume he still has a job too. Uh, Tom, Thomas Dimitrov right. is most likely going to be there. Our guys have said that he's safe, but Arthur Blank wouldn't say he was safe at the press conference. He kind of made him squirm. He had Dimitrov sitting there, and he said structural changes might be coming. So Dimitrov might have a new boss, which would be interesting, but either way, that's that's a great job. They'll bring in some firm like Itacon to get – Well, they brought, in G- corn, uh, they brought in Corn Ferry. Whatever. Some some people who know nothing about football are going to tell him to fire Thomas Dimitrov. I don't know about that. Right. I don't like these search firms they hire. No, we did. Uh, Wes, it's about money. A lot of people get very rich, and it doesn't affect the result. Nobody's the worst. Search firm helped. Uh, totally a lot of mansions, a lot of cars. You know how John Idzik got hired was a search firm? Yeah, how'd that work? <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Not well. We, we, I did do a ranking of, of the vacancies, and, and Falcons were number one in my rankings as what well. What was last on your list? I put the Jets there. Oh, Shocking. stunner. <laughs> oh, like you would disagree. Stunner. Would you disagree? I would put the Raiders last by a, by a lot. But. Mm. Stunner. I'd take the quarterback just because he's there. Yeah. Greg, well, we, we don't know yet since, that he's an all-pro. Since the Pats are on a bye week, Greg is spending this week just shooting all over the Jets oh. for every possible Oh, This is like if you were a novelist a, and your book's been published and you've got three months till it hits the stores, you're just hitting <laughs> the bizarre, bars and going wild. What a bizarre outfa- about face by Dan. All he did all season was, woe is me, no one understands <laughs> the pain of the Jets fan. We're so uniquely pained. And then oh, now Which that the season's true. over and they're 4-12 and, and they have nothing that now that you're saying we should be I just slowing them up. Go back and read Greg's last five Jets-related posts <laughs> and tell me if there's something there. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, moving on, more firings. The Chicago Bears clean house. They fire both general manager Phil Emery and Mark Tressman. And uh, even a bigger issue, Grandma's pissed. <laughs> Virginia McCaskey, uh, we were told during a press conference today or on uh, Monday that she is – Here's the – got to read this exact quote. I get, actually, TD, do we have this? She's pissed off. I can't think of a 91-year-old woman that that description would apply to, but in this case, I can't think of a more accurate description. Yeah. George McCaskey with the line there. <laughs> seething if you watch that video, by the way. Just he's, seething. It's actually very – yeah, you should go and find the video on NFL.com because he's looking down like in a, some type of film, and then he looks up and drops that hammer. Grandma is pissed. pissed. Is that a Tyler Perry movie? 
forget forget uh, that Kevin Costner movie. This should be the NFL the movie. Bodyguard? No, whatever that Browns movie is. Oh, I've already forgotten drafting. it. This should be the movie. The pissed off grandma and kind of the feckless 55-year-old guy trying to own the team and he doesn't know what to do and they rebuild themselves into a champion. I don't know. She's fed up with mediocrity, George said. <laughs> Seething, according to Mark Sessler. She feels that she and Bears fans everywhere deserve better, mm. which they do. This organization is really spinning its wheels. They're not uh, uh, you know, an embarrassment, but they're just kind of – they exist, and they, the Cutler move was just a disaster, and he's still involved. This is a tough situation. What kind of job is this, do you think, for a GM and coach? Is this a nice landing spot? Chicago is a great place to be, a historic franchise, but there seems to be a lot of things up in the air here. I debated putting this last on my list in terms of best really? jobs. Debated it, but because ob- okay, with the Jets ultimately. Yes, the Bears. What do the Bears have other than a, a history of being solid? They just fired their coach after two years for the first time since the fifties. They have a core of very interesting offensive talent. They have a good fantasy football team in Martellus Bennett, who's a knucklehead. Brandon Marshall, who's getting up there. He's still a good guy to have. Alshon Jeffrey, who's young. Matt Forte. That's a good. A lot fantasy of team, decent enough also offensive line. Yeah, that that's okay. That's you're it. And no, a, no defense and a quarterback situation. Yeah, that's you're a walking into an absolute bee's nest with the quarterback scenario. I wouldn't S- want to deal. Speaking with it. of which, if we do this movie, can the outside Providence version of Alec Baldwin kind of <laughs> down and out father play Jay Cutler? <laughs> you hit a parked cop car. Great movie. I wonder if. And by the way, Tyler Perry was good in Gone Girl. You should see that. Out of nowhere. <laughs> What's Gone Girl? Oh my Come on, God. Wes. Is that a new I one? I can't save you on this one. It's Wes. not a Crosby. Jesus. Crosby stills an ass song. He didn't have much to so do with that movie, know. though. He was solid. He, didn't he was great, though. Do. It was a perfect role. That was role fun. Yeah, good was, supporting yeah. role. Wes, Gone Girl was like the biggest, one of the biggest novels of the past couple of years. Out. And one of the biggest movies of the past year. Well, if I don't have television, where would I hear about this movie? <laughs> In the internet. Well, you're on There's the internet like nine or ten hours a day. Yeah, they're not talking about Gone Girl. Well, the Bears. Well, all right. The Bears have requested to speak <laughs> no. with Adam Gase, which makes me think: Are they still going to look for the coach that can turn Jay Cutler around after he's gone believe, through four I offensive coordinators? I can't believe that their focus is let's turn Jay Cutler into a star. I think that you've got to find a way to get rid of this guy. Didn't Phil Emery get fired for giving too much money to Jay Cutler? Maybe, but they. Well, that, you can't, that right contract now, has to be why he's gone. I think it was partly how they were losing games. He had been there three years. Dressman had only been there two. And there was some disagreement, dissension between the two sides, and maybe they just wanted a clean house. Uh, uh, Cutler, lead, Cutler led to a lot of bloodletting, and it's like you're gonna, you want someone who's going to want to sign up for a quarterback that's gotten that many guys fired. I just, it's, a, it's a danger zone. Tressman, we got to get him down with Rex somewhere, maybe in Atlanta. He's that going would be down a to Jacksonville. That would Jacksonville's work. offensive That's coordinator. That's the word on the street. All right, let's move on with some more Newsa Palooza. Wow. <laughs> All right. Niners GM Trent Balky and CEO Jed York had a what was highly entertaining, I would say and sometimes combative news conference on Monday talking about the fallout of firing, or excuse me, officially parting ways mutually with Jim Harbaugh, who ended up landing with Michigan, where he's going to going to dominate in the college all over a few years, I would assume. Uh, but now the Niners are searching for a head coach. And, Mark, you, we watched this uh, together, and, Greg, we were all watching it downstairs in the newsroom. Uh, this was an interesting presser with some – San Francisco-based journalists really going after these two men for a move that doesn't seem like it's very popular. Well, I think these guys have spent you know, four years dealing with Jim Harbaugh and answering and asking questions of him. And at one point, one uh, local journalist went right at York and basically said, let me teach you a lesson about, was it integrity or dignity or something well, like essentially. that? He was referencing, uh, I guess... York at one point made a, a comment how we, you know, we we do things with integrity or class, and then this reporter got after York about his Thanksgiving night tweet, apologizing for the effort of the team after they got wiped out by the Seahawks. And they went back and forth, and it ended w- with York like, "Thanks for the life lesson, Daryl." I mean, how often does an NFL oh. owner get taken to task by a writer that directly? You saw a lot awesome. of you saw a lot of anger from the media towards York. It wasn't towards Balky. No, I mean, the Balky, reality. No, Balky it, showed well, I thought. Balky, who uh, somebody down the r- newsroom, Mike Coppinger, Greg, made a good point that he sounds like Funkhauser. Funkhauser from Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> that was the big. That was the big takeaway. 
the the thing with this job though, it's a great job too. Usually these jobs don't come open with Kaepernick and a lot of talent there. And Atlanta's got Matt Ryan. I mean, Chicago at least has been good over the years. These are pretty good. The San Francisco job is a good job. There's a lot of pressure. To, yeah, could like crash a tough and burn. To follow, I think after Harbaugh, he put it. I, I thought Balky put it well. He said, "This is not a rebuilding situation. This is a reload reload situation." In which it, se- it seems like the pieces are there. If they're def- the guys on defense come back healthy, and Alton Smith, Smith keeps his head on straight, and they get somebody in there that could work with Kaepernick and make him more consistent, this is a good job. TD didn't D, didn't DJ have an interesting take on this one? Who is this DJ? Oh, what Daniel Jeremiah on the Move the Sticks podcast? <laughs> oh, what a said, show! The 49ers don't need a coach to fix Kaepernick; they need a coach to fix the system. About the system, guys. Which kind of echoes it's what right tackle Anthony Davis was saying the other day that Greg Roman got too cute during the offseason and tried to out trick everyone instead of playing 49ers football. Well, I'd be stunned if Roman was there next year, even if they promoted Jim Tom Sula, who's their defensive line coach, which is a, a favorite for the job. I think they're going to change offensive systems. And if you look at who they're talking to, Gase from Denver, McDaniels uh, <laughs> from New England, Kyle Shanahan, also some defensive guys like Todd Bowles, but it seems like an offensive system sort of bent. Yeah. And I was doing some reading from back in the day on the Niners a couple of years ago when they were really a humming organization. Wes, you wrote, and I remember we talked about this, you called the Niners the vanguard of the NFL, which I thought was a nice uh, phrase to use or a word to use to describe them. Have they gone and messed it up now? Or are they going in the wrong direction as an organization? I think DJ's point is a pretty solid one, and, and that must be – I'm guessing he's hearing that from other people around the league and probably some people in the 49ers organization that Greg Roman and Jim Harbaugh went away from their strengths and actually changed the system, tried to make Kaepernick more of a passer than a read option guy. This is a fascinating team to watch all offseason, though, because they have a lot of tough decisions to make. Frank Gore, Michael Crabtree. you got to wonder if you're going to keep paying. I don't know that the Crabtree decision is going to be all that hard. <laughs> right, fine. He's going elsewhere. But you got to get Vernon some, Davis. you got to get some speed at wide receiver. Vernon Davis is under contract for a pretty low salary. He might be, yeah. <laughs> Do you want a guy, guy who can't get year? more than 10 yards a game? What okay. I don't think he was healthy. Stevie Johnson, he gone. Justin Smith probably retiring. So it's just a team in transition. Well, you've got three of the best five inside linebackers in the NFL now, too. So how do you plan that out? Patrick Willis is owed a lot of money. Navarro Bowman has yet to prove he can play coming off of hmm. his knee injury. I still uh, – it's in, it's intriguing. But that's – to me, that this job is not nearly as good as Atlanta because of the division, too. You've got to beat Pete Carroll. You've got to beat Bruce Arians every year. And, and the one difference, Seattle also stressed they wanted to move towards more of a passing game for Russell Wilson earlier in the season and in the offseason. And when that didn't quite work out, they went back to what they were. That's the Niners a good point. did not do yeah. that until way too late in the year. Moving on. The Cleveland Browns, Mark, they uh, enter the offseason at 7-9. Seven, seven and nine. Johnny Manziel spoke to the media on Monday from his locker. Uh, obviously a huge crowd around him, and for all the wrong reasons, after he uh, had that, not a party. He wants everyone to know he did not have a party on Friday night. It was a get-together with three <laughs> friends from Texas that ended with I him. I like that kind of party! <laughs> uh, the fans of Cleveland did not like it because it sounds like he had a fun old time, probably got tanked, and then slept through his iPhone alarm which sent Cleveland security personnel to his condo. <laughs> I mean, what is going on in this world? Uh, and this was his quote. This is what he said to the media on Monday before potentially we saw an Instagram going out for Le- LeBron James's birthday, potentially. Uh, here's what he said. There's nothing I could sit here and tell you. I can't sit here and talk t- to these mics or these cameras or anything that's going on to do any good. It's about actions. It's about being accountable and doing what I'm going to say instead of looking like a jackass. Uh, and this is after, of course, Jimmy Haslam came out and basically dropped a, a hammer on Sunday night saying, I don't care when you were drafted. If you're irresponsible, you're, we're going to get you out of town, more or less, he said. Uh, Mark, your takeaway on what's going on in Cleveland. I like how you say that they entered the offseason 7-9. and nine. I view it as like a fiery meteor hitting <laughs> earth. That's how the season For a second, ended. I thought you were going to go positive and be like, they're now 0-0 zero and zero because that's gone. But no, you're right. It couldn't have ended worse. I mean – you know, I, the thing is, I don't want us. I don't want to come off sounding like a like a curmudgeon because I think during the whole summer, when all this stuff was happening with Manzel, he's floating on a swan with a bottle of champagne over purple waters, like all those things. <laughs> uh, we over and over said, not a big deal, not a big deal. Let it's him get on the field, right, and let him do his. It was thing. a throne of sleaze he was on. It was many <laughs> things. I mean, this to me though feels just 
wildly tone deaf because unless you're just a total con man, two times in less than a week, you've gone on this long soliloquy about how you've woken up and you understand what your career is about and you've grown up and it's time to start anew. And then bang, in theory, according to this report, he's down in South Beach you know, dancing with this this uh, you know, short-haired woman. I don't know. Yeah, you know what it sounds like to me. It's like, and I don't know who. <laughs> Why the length of the hair was the deciding well, factor? She had very, is, she had very <laughs> striking short hair, among other. She had other striking items. features. It's too. kind of. It reminds me of of speaking to your kid brother and trying to give him a a pep talk, and he says all the right things to you, and you think like you're getting through to him, and more importantly, he. It seems like he thinks he's getting through to himself. But then when the time comes to act, mm. he can't do it because he doesn't have the maturity. I have a different analogy. Okay. Every time I've put myself through a personal boot camp out of self-reflection, mm-hmm. I've had to have one last party before no, I get stop. it out of my system. Oh, stop. You have to have well, one last shindig. I think he has a lot more parties to come. He literally made a big speech about how he has to take it more serious days before he got fined and helped. You Tuesday. Know, Tuesday, right. he said that. Friday, he went out all and night. People, right. And people, and Wes, I've been through the same thing. People were never paying us millions of dollars. Oh, no, I totally to agree. And I'm, glad, I'm glad that no, if I went, when I was sleeping one off, security didn't come pull me out of bed. And <laughs> when you listen to Mike Patton and Jim, Jim Haslam talk, you just wonder. He's not, it's not like he's going to have a long leash next year. It's not like, oh, okay, this is the starter until he messes up. He, he Who knows? He well, might not play very much for the Browns. We don't how, know. That's how possible. Could, how could they believe that he's their starter? You I don't have, think they right. You they have don't. to target another quarterback. And, all, and downstairs people are saying, you don't understand, like, Tom Brady, Brett Favre, all these guys, Peyton Manning, when they were at 22, 23, they partied like crazy. They also were fantastic on the field. We've not seen that for Manzel. He's shown no hint of that. I think there'd be a total air of forgiveness if of he were out. He were six and one this season, and then he goes to South Beach. Hell yeah, go do what you want to do. But instead, you put seven putrid quarters on tape, and then you continue to do this. You don't seem serious about your career. And I think for a fan base that this is the thing, they're going to probably at some point part ways with Manzel and Josh Gordon, and then we're going to have to see a bunch of long, beautiful pieces about how Josh Gordon revived <laughs> his career in New England and has an 1,800-yard campaign. Oh, and Manzel on his second chance. Okay. Oh, no, but that's is, how it, now that's it's getting how it a little goes. carried away. No, no, it isn't because, it is because bad teams are often – like, they draft these players, they go through their, their bumps there, and then they go mm. succeed somewhere else. True. It's like Cleveland's running out of patience with Josh Gordon, but another team will pick him I up. Think, uh, Gordon am I, I wrong about Gordon that? Gordon, I buy, but tell me all those great Browns quarterbacks that succeeded after they left Cleveland. I mean, I even, they just stunk to begin I'm with. I'm not talking about great Browns quarterbacks. And I have a, se- a, a sizzler and a not, or a sessler and one I don't get excited about, but I think Josh Gordon is a chronic knucklehead. I think he'll end up parting ways with Cleveland, but I see him out of the league in a couple of years. He doesn't seem like he gets We've it We've drafted at all. like multiple offspring of Ryan Leaf here, basically. <laughs> <laughs> all right, finally, one, uh, one more bit of news. Uh, Tom Coughlin will be back with the Giants. He got the official word from management, uh, Giants management, this after season in which the Giants finished 6-10, and first time they've had back-to-back losing records since Coughlin came aboard in 2004. He's going to be 69 by the uh, time the 2015 season starts, but the Giants still think he's the guy to lead the team. Uh, I think it's the right move. I, st- I think he still has the respect of the players, and, and I don't think they're far away from contending, especially with Wes's boy. Really, the guy, he has the penthouse suite in Wes's boy, stable of boys, Odell Beckham, transcending over everything. Odell Beckham's just giving everybody new life in, in New York. Coughlin, Jerry Reese, that draft class looks like the best in the NFL right now because of him. I have no problem with them keeping him. I think it's refreshing to you know, go for continuity. With that said, they've made the playoffs once in how many years? They've six? Once out of six, they won they're the Super They're a mediocre franchise. I mean, they're, so they're going to hire Mike that, Shanahan's son to turn around? I mean, no, what, no, are, no. what are your options? No, I agree. That's what I said. I, I think it's good that they kept him because they have a chance to turn it around. But Coughlin's track record for six years, that's not a small sample size. That's Rex Ryan's entire tenure. That's, you know, a little less than Mike Smith's tenure in Atlanta, has been mediocre One with a big fat, a Super Bowl, big fat title in the middle. Yeah. So that, that helps. Yeah. 
Very, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the the two titles, Game Road. I remember back in like 2006 listening to Sports Talk Radio in New York and them talking about uh, is he still the answer. Then they win the title, and then he has, you know, after the last title, it gives you more rope. The titles, they mean so much in terms of continuity with coaching. In other towns, I don't think they would, though. I don't think there's many organizations that would stick with their coach after three straight non-winning seasons, right? Weren't they 8-8 eight and eight three years ago and then two losing seasons in a row? I yeah, think it's, I think it's a, well, I think the Giants the, up, up top, the organization is more patient than some. And That's been Super the case Bowl. for almost a century now. Yeah, and a Super Bowl will buy you a lot of rope, I think. All right, and that is it, gentlemen, for Newsapalooza. Hey, I'm Russell Wilson. Oh, my God. God. Sexy the worst. Ball. PD, what a mess! After, by the way, after after the show, TD's gonna be like, "Oh, we'll edit that out." No, that's staying in as a testament to your fans. Oh, he was dealing with other things at the time. I actually set him up that time. You are a factory of sadness. (laughs) What's wrong with you? All right, so now uh, that's the news. That's what's happening, and now we're gonna play our game that we love. Uh, it's a game that also has a sound drop, in case TD uh, was aware. It's called... What's More Likely? All right, and this is the game where I present two different options, and I, I and then we choose which one we'd rather do. And as I promised earlier, we will have a special guest for this segment. He came downstairs. He was working down in the newsroom, uh, you know, dropping funny bits. Uh, very funny man, <laughs> uh, famed comedy writer, and... Uh, and his name is Dave Damashek. What's that? What's up with that? Of the Dave Damashek football program and other assorted programs. Dave, welcome to Don't the Don't patronize me. I'm stuck here on the dirty side of the glass with black tie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't well, you what? know how uncomfortable this is for me? All these producer people, all these below the liners have uh, there's a hard and fast rule that they're not to talk to me. Now I'm now I'm 18, 20 inches away from them. Z Drizzle shooting you daggers right now, by the way. <laughs> it is a little weird. TD, can't we get a fifth microphone in here? He can't By talk. Now? He doesn't have a microphone now. He gave it to Dave. All right. The podcast is uh, taking a turn upwards yes. now. No more black tie <laughs> on the mic. All right, Damashek. So you, we, I invited you. We would love to. We love having you in the studio or close to the studio. <laughs> uh, you know the rules of what's more likely. I do. Okay. That's good. It's very com- you can figure it <laughs> they're out. Very, they're very complicated. <laughs> I bet you're going to give me two items. <laughs> Potentially. And I'm going to have to guess which is more likely. Stay on your toes. Is that true? Keeping you on your toes. Uh, but you're right. You're, you're right on it. So let's go. Let's go on. We'll start I've, with n- one. I've not heard this podcast, but I think it's terrific. It's still going. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, let's do it. First one. What's more likely? The Steelers beat the Ravens without Le'Veon Bell, or the Bengals beat the Colts without A.J. Green. And let's start with our guest, Dave Damashek. Well, I'll start by saying your pronunciations of things. As somebody who has ridiculed uh, myself for the way I pronounce things, bangles. This isn't the late 80s, early 90s uh, (laughs) she-bop group. We've been down this road. I can either say it how I say it, how I was raised to say it, the Bengals, or the Bengals. Those are the two choices. <laughs> and that's the cheerleading troop. Don't even get them started on the correct do- answer, Yeah. The correct answer is the Pittsburgh Steelers because they're playing in Heinz Field. Both games should be very close. Um, I absolutely could see both road teams winning these games, but since you're saying what's more likely, give me the team in the black jerseys playing at home. Stunner. Uh, Greg. I don't think this is tough. The Steelers are way more likely. I mean, and part of me has a hard time thinking, is this the Ravens team that I really thought was great for about 11 or 12 weeks? Or is it the Ravens team over the last month, which doesn't look like even a below or an above average team? They, they can't move the ball at all on offense anymore. I think they get blown out with or without Bell. Wes? Any answer that includes the Bengals winning a playoff game is a sign of dementia <laughs> and should be excluded. <laughs> the Bengals don't win games in January. They cannot have nice things. It's much more likely that Steelers win without their best player. Hmm. I picked the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl, so I have to go Pittsburgh here. And Big Ben just beat Cincinnati with a massive wild case of the runs. <laughs> so this feels obvious to me. NBC actually at one point <laughs> followed uh, Ben down off the sideline, 
to the tunnel, and then it looked like they were going to follow him down the steps and to the bathroom stall. And you I was don't like, go there. hey, Al, Chris, let's pan out. Get out of right. there. And, now, and bed would, in bathroom stalls is not really something you want I to I contend uh, that I would rather – now, listen, I've never had a leg injury and tried to do anything athletic um, <laughs> with it, but I've had a bad belly before, and the thought of trying to play football oh with God. it is, is terrifying. Forget it. I think I'd rather go strain calf than, uh, than no stomach flu on national TV. Yeah, I'm with Dave. No way. I'm with Dave. You can't play with a strain calf. Well, if it Aaron goes wrong, did. you know what? Adam Rank said this on my podcast, and he's absolutely right. When you see, hear the name Donovan McNabb, now McNabb didn't win any Super Bowls, but of course had a nice career. The first thing you think about is him puking on the field. That's nothing compared to what could have happened to Big Ben out there. <laughs> Imagine if he messes himself. There's, there's no coming back. Basis. You never come back from that. <laughs> you, know, you maybe retire right then and there. And, and, and become a J.D. Salinger for the 21st century. <laughs> That's Dan, it. Fair. Goodbye. Dan, let's hear from the pro Dalton camp on this one. Yes. What's your choice? I forgot what it was again. What are we talking about? <laughs> Who's more likely to win, the Steelers or the Bengals? Dan needs a comeback after a clean sweep here. He wants more disagreement. Uh, the Steelers. I love Big Ben in the playoffs. I'm not going against him. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. Let's move on. What's more likely? Speaking of Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton goes on a Joe Flacco-like postseason run, or Aaron Rodgers has three turnovers and a one-and-done loss in the divisional playoffs. Aaron Rodgers has three turnovers. Yeah, I got. See it happening against the Panthers with a banged-up calf. Panthers, a team who just had. Two pick sixes well, for, last week. For that to happen, you need the Lions to win in Dallas, the Panthers to win this week, and then the Panthers to force three turnovers against Rodgers. Not all that unlikely. I'm no. not going down the Panthers avenue, but I go <laughs> Rodgers because this has happened to the Green Bay Packers before. They've stumbled after a 15-1 season. They got blown out in Good one point. game. Yeah, but that wasn't Aaron Rodgers' fault. That was his pass catchers or or uh, alleged pass interceptions catchers. Interceptions might not drop. be Aaron Rodgers' fault. Though. Well, Aaron Rodgers has not thrown an interception in Lambeau since 2012. The likelihood <laughs> of him throwing three in one game against a mediocre Ooh. Panthers team or anyone else. The opposite is against Earth's rules, though, which was Dalton going on to a Super Bowl run. Yeah, well, well yes. you call it a Flacco like oh, run, yeah, which fair. is why I think you have to go with Rodgers because the Flacco like run not only means the team wins the Super Bowl. I think that could happen. That's more likely than Dalton going on a run where he looks like the best quarterback in the league because that's what Flacco did for four weeks. Yeah, but that was shocking when that right. happened. It was. Fair. It was, but I think Dalton would be even more shocking. Hey, here's your path to the Bengals doing that and what, what makes it seem a little more realistic. The Bengals go into Indianapolis, who clearly is a soft team. It's a good matchup. Takes care of business there. Move on. Now, the Ravens, here's the requirement. The Ravens <laughs> then need to beat Pittsburgh. If they do, they Could go happen. to Foxborough the next week. We know that Tom Brady's kryptonite in the postseason has been Flacco's Ravens. They knock off the Patriots in the divisional round, while the Bengals go into Denver, who they just beat two weeks ago. This sounds like an NFL. Right listen now. to what I'm telling you. Don't interrupt me. Now, listen, they take care of the Broncos. Then it's Broncos v – I mean, I'm sorry. Then it's Ravens v. Bengals or Bengals. Uh, in Kentucky for the uh, championship Kentucky game. Bowl. They walk, they, like Kentucky? Egy- they walk like well, an Egyptian basic. all the way to, the, to Glendale, Arizona. It's basically it? Kentucky. It's, it's a Bengals reference. North walk Washington. like an Egyptian. Oh, like Thank you. No one, no one's even listening. <laughs> That's I the, like that. The that difference between Sheck's podcast and ours is, I guess, Dan can interrupt you on this podcast. <laughs> well, I, and we saw what happened when I did. You saw the fire in Dave's eyes. How dare you? By the one thing to keep an eye on with Aaron Rodgers, and he was on ESPN uh, Milwaukee today. It sounds like that calf is messed up. The injury that he suffered, first of all, he thought he blew, blew his Achilles when he dropped to the turf initially. That's how serious he thought it was. Mm. He said that the injury is in a different spot on the calf than it was the initial one. And it was bad against the Bucks. Yeah, and he said and he said that it's still pretty, you know, it's a little bit better, he said. Obviously, the bye is a huge advantage for getting healthy, but that's a messed up uh, wheel in as we enter uh, the playoffs, that's a big. That's a big situation to watch. I he mean, can't. He's not going to play a good defense till the title game because even if Dallas goes in there, they're not picking them off the three Panthers? times. I am not buying the Panthers. Their defense is about where they were last year, right now. What's more likely? And Damakon Sue's double step on Aaron Rodgers was <laughs> accidental, 
Or Justin Bieber wins a humanitarian award for his work to eradicate Ebola de- epidemic in West Africa. What's more likely? I think it's more likely that Sue's step was accidental. I can buy that. I, I mean, it's probably not likely, but it's more likely than West Bieber. Justin Bieber is a pop star. He's not a good person. <laughs> I know who Justin Bieber okay. is. I'll go with the Bieber philanthropic scenario. You know, I what? First of all, I know this is uh, this is something that a lot of people like to point out, but for the record. And Dominican Sue and any other 21st century NFL player must there his head must be spinning right now as he watches NFL Network and sees a football life honoring Mean Joe Green yeah. and Dick Butkus and Deacon Jones and Lyle Alzado, the, the dirtiest I mean, what, player ever. It's, a, it's it's loco, but 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 you know, but then we have to wring our hands. What this poor young man? I mean, he's he's got to get his head on straight. I don't know what he I don't know what he's doing. Right, we got they, Heath Miller being like. There's no place in the game for this type of behavior. There's Cut a place in the Hall of Fame, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a Pittsburgh Steeler, a, a legend, by the way, too, doing it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Sue. I, you know, he he should be more aware. Obviously, times have changed. Just like Cecil was saying about Johnny Football, times have changed, and there are cell phones around capturing your your nefarious deeds. All that said, when you watch the replay. I kind of buy that maybe the lineman did kind of have a hold of Sue and he was trying to get his balance and did accidentally step back into Rodgers a second time. I'm inclined if I if I if I had to wager all my money, if I had to bet all $387 I have, <laughs> I would say Whoa. that he did it on purpose, but it's not impossible mm. that that was an accident. Great. I'd go Beaver. I mean, I believe in redemption stories and I think this kid can turn it around. <laughs> I like that. What's more likely? Speaking of Beaver, the NFL's Beaver, Johnny Manziel, he starts a postseason game with the Browns at any point in his career, or Peyton Manning beats Tom Brady in Foxborough next month. Oh, this is easy. Really? Well, number one, we're talking about two teams that are in bye week (laughs) scenarios already in the playoffs. (laughs) I like the idea of Manning beating Brady and Foxborough than the happened. concept of Manziel going to the postseason with the Browns, That's which sounds like utter lunacy. Manning not right playing now. well the last few weeks. Neither is Brady. All right, that's fair. But when has Manning ever won they a just big gotta game take, in Foxborough? They've got to take care of one of these AFC wildcard teams. I don't think that's going to be and too much the Browns went 9-7 and seven in next year, and they sneak in the playoffs and get bombed out with Manziel. How There's a lot of assumptions going on right there. How is Manning going to win in New England if he never plays another game past next week? As you have posited on this very well, you said before the season even started, right? And I, I believe that I'm hedging my bets. One of these two, will, <laughs> one of these two will be correct. The correct answer is Johnny Football starting Ooh. a game for Cleveland. I like Mike Pettin. Nay, I love him. If I'm a Browns fan, I like the way he's comported himself throughout a rugged 2014. A lot of guys in their rookie coaching season wouldn't have handled things the, the way he did uh, so successfully. I know that you can shoot some holes in things that have happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, I like that team. I like the defense. I like their ability to run the ball. I think that they could rise all the way to the top of the division next year. Meantime, it's an impossibility that Peyton is going to beat Tom Brady. The only way to, to phrase mm. that correctly is C.J. Anderson in the running game Fine. is going to mm. beat them. Okay. It's definitely Manning. It's I not pe- Peyton Manning's not going to beat them by slinging the ball around in late January. I think Has anyone pe- watched Manziel play in this room? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think people are sleeping on the Broncos a little bit as that team that, to me, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they win the Super Bowl, but everyone's kind of discounting them because they have a bad December, which happens every year. Because when you look at that team, I think they can be one of the best three or four defenses in the league. Manning's maybe never had that good a defense. You have a great running game. He can play well enough. It, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they win. Mark, did you have a what's more likely before we go? Uh, I do have oh, one. Wow. Right. I do have one. One what's more. What's more likely? Okay, Mark Tressman leaves football to author a novel on nautical ponies. <laughs> or <laughs> or Chris Wessling lures fevered man crush Odell Beckham away from the Giants for a 19-month trip to Eurasia. <laughs> Where the two will live in youth hostels, walk sunflower seeds, and read from the journals of Jewel, the van living songstress. (laughs) Definitely anything Wes Beckham uh, loved life related. That's where I went. Well, the Jewel thing really clinched it because you know if Wes is going on a trip, he's not leaving without a little Jewel. Well, I'm picking Mark Trestman aquatic ponies route because I just like to watch Odell Beckham on – 
Game Rewind, I don't want to hang out with that guy. Oh, really? I can't picture hanging out with a 22-year-old. Fair. He's got a lot of money. Oh, I think so. <laughs> I think someone protests a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to, you know, I'm not going to let Wes off the hook. I know what his heart wants. <laughs> it's Odell Beckham. Uh, the, On the Greek islands. The Greek islands. The uh, that, that jewel book of poetry, I'll always remember uh, she did an interview with Kurt Loder, then with M- MTV, where Loder called her out for making up a word, and she, like, gave him a dirty look and, like, cut the interview short. She's very serious about her uh, her production on the page. Well, I always thought that loader guy was a. <laughs> he was a little. He was a little smarmy. Let's be real about that. I know, but he was like. He's he was like the, the Jim Gray of rock music. I was gonna say the Tom Brokaw of uh, MTV, but yeah, wow. look what he did for Tabitha Soren's career. Good guy. <laughs> it's Chris Connolly up here and everyone else wow. way below. Well, we're eight, we're dating ourselves here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I like Kennedy. Let's talk Ariana Grande quickly to get the youth back in our corner for this podcast. Uh, all right, that's it. That's it for the show. Dave, Great show. Dave, you, uh, thank you for stopping by. And yeah. sorry for interrupting you. That's fine. Just like uh, Murtaugh says towards the end of Lethal Weapon, go spit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be back 24 hours from now. We're coming back. We're coming right back to you. We're going to preview all of the games uh, in Saturday and Sunday, Wild Card Weekend as we do every year on this podcast. So thank you for listening. Uh, This is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, TD behind the glass, and thank you to Mr. Damashek. Till Wednesday. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.